Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the season for Winnipeg just continues to get less and less fun as Winnipeg marches to its inevitable elimination from playoff contention. We're going to talk about what went wrong against the New York Rangers, um, why you might say that things weren't as bad as they seem and yet just as bad as they seem, and what the Jets do about this defense that continues to be a bit of a liability and whether or not they can really afford to uh, be patient with guys like Logan Stanley and Neil Pionk. All coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Uh, thank you for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode, but most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Uh, so the Jets, uh, like I mentioned at the top of this episode, this season just continues to get worse and worse. Uh, <clears throat> it feels like the scene where, I guess, Lando Calrissian from Star Wars is like, this deal keeps getting worse all, all the time. Um, and that's what a big season in, in a nutshell, basically. This deal just keeps getting worse all the time, and we're kind of stuck with it. So uh, against the Rangers, you know, the Jets weren't terrible. Uh, Winnipeg was creating chances in the slot. It was very end-to-end hockey. It was very fast-paced. But on the few uh, particularly noticeable errors on stuff like the penalty kill uh, and just general sloppiness with turnovers and and poor defending, you know, the Jets ended up conceding a couple of goals. They lose 3-0. You know, you could say one of them was an empty net or so. Uh, It was only a 2-0 loss at even strength or, or on the power play. But Really, Winnipeg just didn't have enough to keep going. Uh, against Igor Shesterkin, they were decent, but you know, if you're if you're playing Shesterkin, most likely you have to be absolutely perfect because Igor has been, uh, I think, by a country mile, the best goalie in the NHL. Uh, when you look at just how poorly New York defended and how reliant they are on him, uh, it's pretty clear that New York is just bizarro Jets. These two teams are like super similar. So honestly, I think the <clears throat> The, the comparisons and the relationships that these two teams have seemingly exchanged over the past couple of years, uh, it actually goes a little bit more than just skin-deep similarities. So there's a lot in common with the Jets and the Rangers, but right now the Rangers are kind of on the up-and-up because Shesterkin is doing his Vesna impression of Hellebuck, and thus far, you know, the Jets, they just could not solve him. While I will say that, um, you know, Shesterkin was the main reason the Rangers probably won. Uh, by the same token, you know, it doesn't exactly absolve the rest of the Jets. Uh, for as decent as Winnipeg was at creating, you know, the slot defense I thought was not great. Um, some of the marking wasn't really ideal. And, you know, you saw one particular goal against where, uh, you know, the Jets were on the PK and they got caught on a counter. The PK unit was 
riding a little bit higher uh, in the neutral and at the top of the defensive zone. So uh, you had a couple of guys maybe a little bit out of position, but Logan Stanley was the last man back and for some reason came across to try and take Josh Morrissey's man who had the puck, uh, which ended up creating what amounted to like a breakaway and a tap in. And I, I don't even know what Stanley was doing. He basically took Morrissey out of the play as well. So mistakes like that ended up costing the Jets. Uh, I think Winnipeg maybe has uh, one more loss in it before it's officially eliminated. Uh, there's also like a, a star's point or something like that. I forget what the exact standing situation is, but basically season's over. Uh, you've known that for a couple of games now. This isn't a shocker. Uh, it just really feels like, you know, a loss like this just adds insult to injury. Uh, on this whole East Coast swing, the Rangers were going to be the most beatable team that the Jets faced. And yet, uh, despite putting in an okay effort, the Jets just didn't get it done. And so, yeah, uh, after the really horrible trip through Florida, the, the trip to New York really was all that much more hospitable. And I think their next game is against Carolina or something. Uh, at this point, if you're still watching, Maybe you just really hope for um, some sightings of young stars, but you're not really getting that because the Jets continue to uh, play guys who don't really, um, I don't want to say deserve a place on on that lineup roster. I, I don't think that's really fair of me to say, but by the same token, if you're doing a meritocracy, uh, there are some players on the team that really need to do more or or change their habits or maybe ride some pine in favor of some of the other players who have come in before and outperformed them by a pretty healthy margin. Um, Logan Stanley, unfortunately, continues to be uh, a bit of the pincushion on this one. Again, he had another wretched night with Brendan Dillon. This pairing is bad. Uh, it was bad in concept. It's bad in execution. And it was, bar none, the worst pair of skaters uh, among all blue liners on the evening. So, yeah, not really what you want to see from a team that you know spent a good deal of resources, a uh, good deal of resources, trying to fix the defense of the off season, and now they're continuing to uh, live or die by uh, some guys on the roster that don't really make sense. Um, so later in this episode, I actually did want to focus on the Stanley issue uh, and talk about some of the lineup and roster misallocations and misuse because I, I feel like this year it's gotten to a point where it's kind of ridiculous uh, in part because Lowry just doesn't really have the experience to how to manage uh, an NHL team at this level. I think he's trying his best, but he's relying on experience that doesn't really inform um, NHL level uh, and NHL, NHL caliber decision-making. And so, you know, what we're seeing with the jets, the lack of structure, um, the really bad defensive efforts and stuff like that, uh, you know, the players are increasingly aware of it and, you know, they're getting pretty vocal. So it's not like, you know, the guys aren't keenly aware that the coaching staff is not really doing its job um, effectively, but, you know, they still have to follow instructions. They've still got to, you know, keep up with what the coaching staff is asking them to do. And so now we have uh, the team kind of stuck in a bit of a purgatory. We'll talk about, you know, what the Jets needed to fix with this defense uh, and some of the, the performances this year of a couple of players in particular that have really stood out, maybe not for the right reasons, maybe some surprises, and whether or not we can expect them to rebound. Uh, and, you know, how the Jets have, again, not really developed talent in the way that I think makes the most sense. 
especially because this is a team that in the past really relied upon it. We'll talk about all of that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I wanted to talk about something that's a little bit happier. This is HelloFresh, and I've actually used this. HelloFresh is really great. If you have no idea what I'm talking about with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Uh, skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, you know, you, you get really great ingredients that travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week, so they always arrive fresh. That's really important because locally sourced ingredients and stuff that doesn't have to travel far means you're always getting the freshest ingredients. They haven't been sitting around. You're not getting wilted lettuce. Uh, that's, you know, something that you might find in a regular grocery store, but not with HelloFresh. They also have really good fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that make you feel good. And you can also choose to customize these recipes, change out some ingredients if you want something a little bit different, uh, maybe even swapping in some carb, uh, carb conscious options, getting more protein, whatever it is. HelloFresh has so really you can't go wrong. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash locked on sixteen and use code locked on sixteen for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash locked on sixteen for uh, you know using promo code locked on sixteen for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Really can't go wrong with America's number one meal kit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are commiserating together after a pretty crappy, uh, you know, loss against the Rangers. I'm getting tired of talking about the Jets losing because it just continues to be a, a routine habit of this team. What can you do, I guess? Uh, Winnipeg has really struggled this year. Not exactly shocking. But before we talk about some particular players that I think have really stood out, uh, especially on the blue end or on the blue line, and, and why it's surprising that they're struggling this much. I did want to uh, give you a very good recommendation to check out Locked On and Locked On Now. You've made Locked On Jets your first listen. Um, as always, really, really, uh, as always, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, all all day, every day. But you know, if your second listen, you're looking for a new podcast. Locked On Now has you covered. You know, we use our great network of uh, podcast experts and sports fans to create very short vignettes for you, uh, vignettes that give you all of the latest action from around your favorite sports leagues delivered in super digestible format, uh, you know, 20 to 30 second clips, maybe a little bit more. And, you know, this gives you the hardest hitting action, trades, uh, news, rumors, whatever it is that's happening around the NHL. Locked on now has you covered. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Costs you zero dollars and keeps you up to date on the latest action. Speaking of the latest action, uh, you know, I, we were just talking about the Rangers kind of uh, not necessarily dominating the Jets, but doing enough to beat them, uh, all while getting some phenomenal saves from Igor Shesterkin. Now, some of the guys for the Jets this year, uh, especially on the back end, they were culpable tonight. And, you know, those guys. I don't really know what the Jets are supposed to do with the defense. Um, one of the easiest decisions to make is probably to deal with Logan Stanley and demote him to the seventh defender role. I know that a lot of people see Logan's size and strength and think that he is a top four defender or somebody that because of his size is defensively resolute and very strong. 
in some ways he is. Uh, but the problem is, is that I think his size is actually more of a hindrance for him. You know, people always say, oh, he's six, seven, you know, two ten. That's great for blocking shots and, and taking up space and keeping opponents away from the net. But in Stanley's case, because his reads don't often align to the time scale that you need if you have a frame that big, instead he's often chasing the play. And I think that that is a very critical issue. I've talked about it before. Um, if you're somebody who is very, you know, very tall, very physically strong, and maybe not as fast of a skater, you have to be thinking uh, like six steps ahead of your opponents because otherwise, as soon as like the smaller agile skaters get the inside turn on you, you are not catching up. So Logan just doesn't have the ability to do that. And oftentimes we've seen him make really bad decisions under pressure or when he is maybe the last man back. Um, some of the stuff you can't always ascribe complete fault on, but all the same, you know, he does still bear responsibility in a situation like that two-on-one that he played against the Rangers. Uh, that was just a really bad read. Um, he needed to recognize that Josh Morrissey already had the puck carrier, and so Stanley was supposed to be the guy blocking the outlet that ended up being the option to score. So, yeah, Logan, I, I know that he tries very hard, and he's a hard worker, and he, he actually has improved a lot since um, his AHL rookie days, but you know, it's not enough to where I would, you know, put him in over guys like Billy Heinola, Dylan Sandberg, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe one day he can turn it around with a different team, but I think Logan's issues and the reasons that his ceiling was always capped have, you know, bared themselves to all Jets fans. And I think even the Logan uh, Stanley diehards to a point are starting to see that maybe he's a little bit in over his head in the current role that he's been assigned. The other guy that's really surprised me that, you know, hasn't really panned out is Neil Pionk. I, I, I don't know what's happened to Neil over the past couple of months. He's kind of a shell of himself. Uh, a lot of the late reads, um, the lack of wall work, uh, you know, his entire game has really changed. And I don't know, somebody su suggested at one point it might be because uh, of a concussion he suffered and his game is, you know, a lot more conservative and he's slowed down a lot. But I, I, I don't know. We're seeing a lot of the same habits um, and poor defensive reads that we used to see when he was a New York Ranger. Now, I will say that you know injuries and long-term stuff like that can really screw with you, especially if you're used to a certain rhythm, uh, if you're no longer able to make the, the same snaps, uh, like snap decisions and react really quickly because you're either hesitating to try and avoid injuries or maybe you just don't want to get involved and want to minimize the risk to yourself. Whatever the case may be, uh, it could be that this is impacting Neil as well, and that's why his game is partially declined. Um, maybe he just, you know, against the North was a different player because, you know, the North division for the most part wasn't all that difficult compared to some of the others. I don't know that I entirely buy that, though, because we've seen Neil handily mark out Connor McDavid and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the top skaters in the NHL, marking them out completely. So I think something else must be going on with him. Whatever the case may be, I, I do think Neil really needs to have a very strong offseason of recovery. I'm sure we're going to get the same narratives of, oh, he was playing through like 20 injuries once the offseason rolls around. But whatever the case is, Neil just hasn't been himself. And it's been really obvious he's not even scoring all that much these days. So if Pionk can recover, that'd be great. But I know one of the big topics out there is whether or not the Jets should trade him. 
I don't know that I have the answer on that. I mean, maybe they should shop him. Maybe they shouldn't. I don't really know, to be honest, because, uh, you know, he is at his best. He's our like number one right-handed defender right now, which is a little bit more of a, uh, a statement on the, the condition of the Jets defense than anything. But, you know, all the same, Pionk can be very effective at what he does. What we're seeing now from him, though, is, again, you know, another Logan Stanley, uh, Brendan Dillon, uh, unfortunately, guys who aren't really making the cut. So I don't know what the Jets do with him. I, I really feel like maybe giving it one more season is the only real option you have, especially after he just signed an extension. You know, if you try to trade him, a team is going to look at that and ask why. So maybe to avoid arousing suspicion and see if he can, in fact, be a pivotal contributor. And if this year was just an aberration, uh, maybe just keep him around one more season and kind of play it by ear. But uh yeah, you know, Logan and I, I think Brendan Dillon uh, and unfortunately Pionk, they just haven't quite been what we were really hoping for. And I think the Jets have to think about looking at internal options or maybe even trading for some defenders and oh, hopefully good ones this time uh, once the offseason rolls around. Now, some of the replacements I suggested, Sandberg and Heinola. They haven't been getting ice time, and this is one of the, the central issues I wanted to tackle tonight. In a little bit, we're going to talk about why I feel the Jets are, are really actually a very poor developmental club um, and what has been a recurring theme with this team over the years, especially as the Jets continue to prioritize and reward veterancy over some of the young players. Before we talk about those less savory topics, though, uh, I just wanted to shout out the wonderful folks at Built Bar. If you've ever had a Built Bar or you've never had one, Either way, you know, uh, Built Bars are fantastic because they're the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar. Most of you are probably used to those dry, desiccated husks uh, from other, you know, competitors and stuff. Built Bar, though, it's covered in 100% real chocolate and features a soft, chewy interior. Some of them even are filled with marshmallow. There's like a churro puff flavor that I've had, and I got to be honest, that stuff is to die for. And like, I don't even care for protein bars that much, but I can tell you these, they're the real deal. Uh, raspberry dark chocolate is one of my favorite flavors. So if you want to check that out and use it as a starting point, I highly recommend it as good as they taste and they do taste delicious. Uh, they're even better for you with most clocking in at around 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So if you're interested in that, in giving some of their flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, all those great flavors a shot, be sure to go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Build.com. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this is probably going to be a little bit longer of an episode than usual, but uh, hopefully you'll bear with me as I rant a little bit. Not necessarily angrily. I think my my anger has probably subsided over the years. But, you know, the Jets, I, I, I feel, have let the fans down a good deal. Uh, it's not been great, um, but one of the biggest and most surprising issues with this team that has been especially noticeable since 2017-2018 is the fact that the Jets don't really play their kids. This, for me, is probably one of the most puzzling decisions because teams that are actively contending for a postseason spot need to rely on ELCs. That's not a shocker. Once they become players that you have to extend and re-sign, suddenly the value that they offer on an ELC is gone, uh, and the cap hit space has now been taken up because you used to have space to make a move at the trade deadline, 
now you can't. And so when you have those ELCs, when you have these, these really great young players who are actually in, you know, peak and prime form a lot earlier than people realize, you're basically throwing away opportunities to make hay if in fact you're not playing them. I think Heinle and Sandberg represent uh, varying degrees of this. Sandberg partially, you know, couldn't get in because of injuries, but you know, he was here earlier in previous, like a previous season. So it's not like he couldn't have gotten a few games last year or something like that. But uh, Heinle for me is probably the biggest whiff. You know, you could say something about Sami Niku and, and Nick Patan, but I think of all of the the prospects that the Jets haven't really given a shot to, Heinle remains among the most egregious examples. I don't know why they dislike his game other than that he doesn't really defend in the traditional way, which I get it. You know, you're, if you're looking at in-zone defense, that's not what Heinle really does. Uh, his defense is more of the modern game, which is defense through super aggressive offense, keeping the puck constantly moving, keeping it away from your own goal by just shooting it up the ice all the time. I don't really see the problem with that. As long as it's creating opportunities up the ice, Heinle is recording points. Um, and you know, you're not spending time in your own end. I really can't complain. I think that's a much better arrangement than watching guys like, you know, Stanley and Dylan and Pionk at times struggle to clear the puck and make simple defensive reads. Uh, obviously it's not really that simple, but for like pro NHLers, you get the, you, you get the idea and understand what I'm talking about. So yeah, I, I don't know why the Jets have gotten away from this. I think Going forward, if they want to have a chance to make the postseason and make noise, they need to recommit to their youth because that's what they built their success on. This is a team that constantly used the phrase draft and develop, and yet we're not really drafting and developing all that many players. Perfetti is probably one of the most promising guys to make the lineup recently, other than Heinola, and like Heinola gets benched all the time. Perfetti's been out with an injury, so looking past that, how many players, like young new players, have joined the Jets that were players the Jets drafted. You can probably count on like one hand. Uh, it, it's not a great ratio. So if the Jets are serious about building a future with this team and, and actually supporting the core in the way that they need to, they've got to be prepared to give, uh, you know, kids a chance to shine. I mean, I, I think instead of signing and trading for veterans who are definitely not going to move the needle, give your kids a shot to see what they can do. Worst case scenario, you weren't going to make the postseason anyway. So why bother, you know, stressing about the situation, burn a year of the ELC, see what they can bring you and give them the experience because the earlier you get them set in their ways, the better off you'll be long-term, whether it's a, maybe even a cheaper contract or, you know, they've already picked up some really great scoring habits. They help you win a lot of games. They push you through to a playoff spot, whatever side benefit you derive out of it. Um, it just gives you so much more flexibility to make decisions, especially if the kid doesn't pan out. In that case, you know, you already know that you need to replace them and you've got an option for uh, somebody else to come in that that player's stead. But if you never play them, you'll never know. So for me, I, I'm very frustrated that this continues to be an issue. It's been especially noticeable for the last several years. It happened before, but not quite to this extent where you're talking about a team that really needs to rely on kids for a, a playoff run to be possible. But that's the Jets now. Uh, Winnipeg has fallen behind its own standards, and I think that continues to be a huge sore spot for me. I don't know if they're going to change next year, but whatever the situation is, Winnipeg has a lot of questions to sort out, and I can only venture to guess how they're going to even try to fix any of them. 
Hopefully the the decisions that they make aren't terrible, but you know, not holding my breath at this rate. I'd be curious to know what you want the Jets to do, though. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. And go Jets go. Hopefully not losing.